Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at uhc.com. Plan benefits may vary. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24/7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at uhc.com. Plan benefits may vary. The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. Welcome to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I am your host, Tim. I am a sex educator. I identify as chaotically gay. And my favorite thing to put up my butt is a big, strong, sexy, and thick willingness to go to therapy. (laughs) I am truly suffering in quarantine right now i really need to put something up my butt really really soon (laughs) so that's what we're going to talk about today my guest today is beautiful intelligent amazing she has over 10 years of experience in the sexual health industry her advice has been on playboy cosmo vice women's health and my favorite porn hum oh my god <laughs> please welcome to the show luna matata <laughs> oh my gosh i'm so happy to be here thank you oh my god thank you so much for coming here i first of all i love your name it's like the moon and like hakuna matata like no totally. race for the rest of your days <laughs> like that's already such a goddess type name like truly yes. i love that yes so, you see me you already see me yeah, you, you radiate <laughs> light and love and all things anal (laughs) oh that's so beautiful it's like the holy trinity truly that is my my sunday church so (laughs) i love that you're here i want to talk about all things anal because as a sexually active gay man i truly don't know anything about anal (laughs) no but um more specifically pegging like that I feel like that's a whole different arena to me. So let's get right into it. What is pegging? Ooh, yeah, let's get deep in it. Yes, please. <laughs> so do. So pegging, uh, pegging kind of actually came about from Dan Savage, who's another sex educator. And um, he came up with this term in like the early 2000s because basically cisgendered heterosexual men had so much homophobia and stigma around anal sex that we had to create like a specific term so that they could feel empowered that, okay, this doesn't mean I'm gay. And so, you know, we know better now. And so, I mean, anyone of any gender can strap it on. Anyone of any gender can like receive strap on play but when we're talking about pegging it's usually about a specific fantasy of someone who's who identifies as straight or heterosexual has a penis and they're getting pegged by someone who doesn't have a penis and is strapping it on so pegging is uh within the context like to keep everything like mainstream it is a heterosexual activity between a straight cis woman and a straight cis man typically yeah okay cool Uh, So we're going to keep it to that definition, but, you know, we can obviously change up the roles and whatever, but we're going to keep it to that for now. 
Um, before we get into pegging, I really want to ask about your tagline, Peg the Patriarchy. I fucking love that. How did you come up with that? And what does Peg the Patriarchy mean to you? Oh, I'm so glad you want to talk about that. So I coined that in, I think it was 2015. And um, I wanted to just make a shirt to wear to Toronto Pride. And I was high. And I was like, oh, I'm like, Peg the Patriot. Oh, my God, I should write that down. Thank God I wrote it down. And, <laughs> and, and basically, it was about this idea. I kept thinking, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I get to do all this like sex positive work. And it's really fun. And it's cheeky. And I also really believe in equity, like equity. Equity is so sexy and equity creates this foundation for us to be sex positive. So pegging the patriarchy is all about subversion. It's about taking the existing system, subverting the ideas of power, who gets to do what, who's the giver, who's the receiver. So for some people, it feels more sexual. For me, it's really about a system of oppression that we want to overthrow. I love that. That's so like making sex political because sex in itself is kind of like a political statement. I'm here for it. That's so good. Um, so why would someone want to engage in pegging to begin with? Yeah, yeah. So um, I often get the question like, yeah, like, why would I want to do this? Because if I'm the one strapping it on, like, why am I how am I going to get any pleasure out of this, too? And then for the person who's receiving it, you know, they get the pleasure of anal sex. There's tons of nerve endings around your anus. Sometimes it's also an emotional or a fantasy fulfillment. So they get to be the person who doesn't have to be the penetrator. They get to be the person who maybe takes a bottom or a submissive role. They get to kind of you could also play with gender in it. And so if they identify with a more feminine aspect, of receiving sex, then that might be a way to bring that feminine aspect out. And then for the person doing it, I can tell you what I get out of it. And Please. <laughs> <other> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> So I, there's like physical and emotional benefits for me too. So the physical benefits are from the the actual pounding. So like getting pounded, it actually um, hits an area of the clitoris that is accessible through the mons pubis, which is like the mound of the vulva. And so that, that kind of pounding vibration can also definitely like stimulate all other kinds of, of clitoral network endings and can bring like physical sensation pleasure. There are strap-ons too that are internal. So you could have something in your vagina that vibrates or it's hitting the g-spot as is as the dildo part of it is extending outwards now I'm more into it from like the emotional fantasy part of it because I kind of thought that if I was strapping it on that I had to be more butch, that I had to be more masculine in ways that are very stereotypical. And I'm like femme as fuck. And so I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, there you go. There yes, you go. Queen, like, yes. <laughs> femme as fuck. More fats, more femmes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. More fats, more femmes. Yes. And, and I really just kind of wanted to, to see what it would be like to embody this like really fat thing and and seek like my feminine power through that so I actually feel super femme when I'm strapping it on and and there's this idea that I get to be in charge in a way that I'm usually not in charge even if I'm in a dominant position like being the recipient just feels like you're having something done to you and you can change that up of course but um so I love the idea that I get to be inside someone's asshole that's like (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh I truly love the thought of just being inside someone just like yeah. uh, just eat me up like I or also like just tear me open I'm a literal manhole just slash me open into you <laughs> please so um, okay so in a typical pegging situation it would be like the woman uh, who has like the strap on and then the man who's uh, like taking the pounding is there like a situation where the roles are reversed and is that still considered pegging um, so if, if still the woman was still strapping it on and the man was receiving it, but they were in different positions. Yeah. Or like say the man was the one wearing the strap on and then going right into the woman's butt. Oh yeah. So they, um, I don't think that would be considered pegging. So the, that would be strap on play for sure. You're right. Yeah. Like that would be a form of strap on play. And then pegging is like one of the fantasies that could come out of it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for clarifying because like, you never know, people can always be switching around and be like, is totally. this still that thing? Is that still the other thing? We will never know. Yeah. But yeah. okay. So cool. <laughs> We're keeping that picture in mind. What are the common like myths about pegging? Because right now I can only think of one because you brought up Dan Savage. So I'm like, hmm, maybe like a man that has 
or is getting pegged by a woman is considered gay like that's probably the only myth i'm pretty sure there are more what are some Mm. of that yeah no you're so right like that's the that's one of the big ones that this says something about my sexuality this says something about um even the the fact that the receiver doesn't necessarily have to be considered submissive like it could just be you know without a, an explicit kind of power exchange it could just be like hey like you get to be the one that that is receiving tonight and i get to be the one that's giving and and so it doesn't have to kind of follow these scripts of like what what do women do during sex and what do men during do during sex um I think another big one is that um, it's about kind of like the equipment and that so then there's going to be no like connection because it's not skin. And I think that really limits us when we think that our bodies are the only things that that we bring to sex. You know, you bring your big ass erotic imagination. You're bringing like your sensuality, you know, your seduction, like your eye contact. You're like, you know, your dirty talk. All these kinds of things are going to make pegging way more than the equipment. And I think the other big myth is that it has to be about like penis envy that I want to strap it on because I wish I had a dick that like and you know actually I wish I had both because that would be my superhero <laughs> can like, I please <laughs> like I just want to have like this ability to shape my body into anything I want like I, I want to have a green lantern dick yeah. in anything and then it just all of a sudden appears out of nowhere like oh my god yeah you're way more innovative than me I was kind of like a Mr. Potato Head like I would put on like a Volvo <laughs> <laughs> Yours is better. Yours is better. The brightest day and darkest night. You hole shall escape my sight. Something. <laughs> oh my god. We keep it serious here on the Sex Life with Tim podcast. Excuse me. So serious. <laughs> so, so serious. serious. <laughs> um, okay, so it's really like just this dynamic of uh, being top and bottom and we don't have to subscribe to anything. And I love that so much. What are the benefits of it? Yeah. So with with pegging, I think like one of the big benefits is that you get to like spice things up. Right. And so for a lot of heterosexual couples, I mean, you know, spicing it up is so limited in what they've been told is is possible and what's normal. Right. And so if if you want to spice things up through role play, you want to get sex toys in the bedroom, you want to change up like who's the initiator, who's the receiver. Like those are three great things that can really deepen your connection to somebody else no pun intended no pun intended always pun intended always (laughs) always (laughs) deep connection For sure, for sure. And I think there's there's also this like joy. Like I love that that you bring such a, a positive and funny um, kind of like vibe to the conversation because yeah, people think pegging so serious because you have to like you know like I'm gonna do the thing and strap the thing on and like it's not true. It's really an amazing way to also like extend the the length of sex, right? So if you're if you're kind of like okay, well we want to do something with your penis, well now we can do something with your butthole. So you get to like explore a new erogenous zone my favorite thing to do during anal is to put like googly eyes on his dick and like talk to it like, do you just always carry googly eyes with googly you? eyes like, and <laughs> sticky t- like, I, got, I got my googly eyes and i got yeah. my condom and i'm like good ready to go, to go. <laughs> and then just like i'll talk to it like a little like a little thingy just like hey you're about to go inside me you're so cute. <laughs> do you have googly eyes stuck in your butt right now <laughs> how do you know i know you is an audio format nobody needs to know they heard it um okay so why does anal like in general just feel good like why do people just have anal sex or butt play or pegging what's what's the deal there yeah, yeah. So for for anal play, um, there's a lot of nerve endings like right around the anus. So before you even go inside, all of those cute little crinkles of the butthole, they're like filled with nerve endings and also erogenous tissue. So they get like blown up. They get like bigger as we start to get more aroused. And then inside of the anus, I mean, there's a lot of nerve endings and muscles and tissue there as well that can just feel like really good, like that someone is is inside of you. Someone is like 
stimulating you. And then physiologically, I mean, we've got the prostate is in the anus for um, penis owners. So you've got the prostate that can get indirect stimulation from from like penetrative sex, like uh, like pegging or fingering. Uh, and then for vulva owners, I mean, there's also a lot of people that get really turned on from the idea of like the fullness that you would get during anal sex that also pushes against the back of the vaginal wall. So you get this kind of like everywhere feels full and everywhere feels aroused. And so, I mean, it has all these benefits from just being like a pleasure spot that some people like exploring and some people are like, no, like it just doesn't feel good for me. For people with vaginas, like, is there a very thin line between the anal tunnel and the vagina tunnel? Yeah, so there's actually um, there's a perineal sponge. And so the, the perineal sponge and all that stuff kind of like it gets thicker, like it gets more bloated during arousal. And so it fills up with fluid. And and then so you get a little bit more uh, fullness against the back of the vaginal wall, but it's not as thin as I think we we see in porn. And like, <laughs> I mean, you could kind of feel it sometimes, I guess, if you had something in your vagina and something there, there is you would feel movement, um, but not towards like the the more higher expectation of pleasure it's just going to be stimulated in the same spot i love all those adjectives that you just used i swear like bloated <laughs> wet spongy like they're so fun to say and they're so sexy <laughs> totally totally um, you mentioned something earlier like a uh, straight cis man getting pegged like what exactly is the fear there like they're scared of like feeling gay like yeah i don't understand that mostly because i'm I like, gay and fabulous so i truly don't understand anything a lot <laughs> so, <laughs> i don't know what it's like to be a straight person i don't know mm. yeah i mean i don't i don't know what it's like like i feel like there's there's been this really toxic um conditioning of masculinity and so i mean anybody can be toxic masculine not just like cishet men. Um, but cishet men are set up in that system to be the most powerful to benefit from the toxicity. And so when we we kind of culture like, you know, boys from a very young age to be like, all of your sex is in your penis. You know, you must be the penetrator. This is how you be a man. You must not do feminine things. And so it becomes like really this stereotypical way of that. This is how you feel more sexy, more attractive, more manly. And, and it's really limited. Like, it's so narrow. So I think for, for cishet men, it feels like, oh my gosh, like if I do something that's outside of these characteristics that validate my manliness and masculinity, that somehow it's going to threaten that. And so what we need to do is really like affirm men's sexuality, whatever, or sexual orientation, um, but really affirm it that it's like bigger than your penis, right? Like it's about like how you feel during sex. It's about like kissing. It's about eye contact. It's about sex toys. It's about like so many things that are bigger than than your penis. And I think that would help vulva owners, too, because vulvas get kind of um, stereotyped as being like more difficult or like, you know, it's like harder for them to come. Well, it's because like the pleasure anatomy that we teach like cishet men is actually doesn't even match like people who have sex with men, like their pleasure anatomy doesn't it doesn't even match. Like we're talking about like penis and vagina, penis and vagina. And really like women are coming from oral. They're coming from good kissing and like deep fingering. So it's like it's not um, we've actually just been sold a whole bunch of bullshit. And, and <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> I know. I feel like we could talk about that for hours. Like, like I yeah. was brought up Catholic. Uh, like, thank you, trauma. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, and like, literally, the only thing I ever learned was like abstinence only uh, type of sex and like purity. Like, if you're gay, you're going to go to hell as you sodomite. And like, sounds like a fun time. I know. See you there. I would love <laughs> to just spend eternity in damnation. Oh, so hot. <laughs> I know. Literally but so sex sexy. And damnation. Yes, yeah. please. Like I want I want that like monster from This Is the End with like the big penis lava penis going through. Just like fucking put it in there. <laughs> Thanks, Aiden. Um Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. 
plan benefits may vary. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> so how do we start the conversation around pegging? So like you got the guy and you got the girl and then one party says, or is at least thinking, I kind of want to try pegging, but they're like too shy. So how do you go about that from both the guy and the girl perspective? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I, I'm laughing because I, I'm I just recently got kicked off Tinder and, for the second time. And now I'm on Bumble. Yeah, like, I don't know. And so I was, I've decided that my new approach is that if I match with someone, I'm just going to be like, hey, there, you look peggable. And, <laughs> and just see what their response is. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I can be the leg of a pirate. Yeah, pretty much. I'm into pirates. I have a pirate. A pirate Yes. So, <laughs> so if you're not using that approach, if you're not like, hey, babe, you look peggable, then you have options. Um, so if you're the person who wants to strap it on and wants to do the pegging, uh, it's really important that you bring up the idea of the sexual activity you want to do. So you want to do pegging. You want to talk about it as more than just the activity. So if I walk to my partner and I'm like, hey, I want to peg you. And they already have now an idea in their head about like what pegging means. And if it's not what I'm interested in, then it actually shuts down the creativity of the conversation. So if I come in and I'm like, hey, babe, you know, I've kind of been thinking about pegging. Like, have you ever thought about it? Is it something you've ever considered? Have you ever had a fantasy about it? And if they're like, no, or yes, then I will start to say, I want to identify three things. I want to talk about, you know, how I want to feel in this situation. So it would be so hot. I think I would feel so feminine, so powerful to like strap it on. And then I want to identify how they would feel and how what would turn me on about their pleasure. So sometimes people might already have in their head that it's about submission or humiliation. And if that doesn't turn them on, it's going to shut down the conversation. So if I say, oh, I just like, I can't wait to like be inside of you and see what that would feel like. Like that would be so hot, right? Talk and to, then the, to me. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's my favorite. And then I think the third thing for people would be like, yeah, like, you know, do you want some time to think about this? Maybe we can like watch a class together. Can we learn about it together because someone can't give you the response like right away. And I think that if you're the person who's asking your partner to do it, that third point is especially important because the equipment is intimidating. I felt really dumb, like strapping it on and wiggling this. I tried to helicopter my dick. Like, you know, <laughs> that's what we all do. Like anyone with a penis, we're just going to go around the house and just like whipping it back and forth and just hear that. That's slapping all sound. I <laughs> Uh, like a rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> yippee ki So watch some rodeo porn. And oh then my God, yes. I would love some. <laughs> but I think it's so important to kind of do this together and not like be like, babe, like I want you to peg me. Go find out how to peg me. You know, it's like, no, like, hey, let's look online together. You choose the dildo that you want to be inside of you. I'm going to choose the harness that I think would like best suit my body. And remembering that even with like equipment, like what we see in porn is not, you know, what everything that's out there. So I have a thigh harness. I have a boot harness. I've got a hand harness, you know, so it depends on what your fantasy is. If it's a phallic fantasy, then yeah, you need a pelvis harness and a, a phallic looking dildo. But if it's, you know, any other, just about being penetrated or about like pegging, then it could be anything. Like I could strap on a tentacle dildo to my hand and like peg someone. And that's still considered pegging. What about an eggplant or like a butternut squash? <laughs> That'd be so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I want a butternut squash dildo. <laughs> or just like a a, a plunko toy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Be so cute. And just have like a an adventure time dildo. Oh, that'd be adorable. <laughs> be so cute. I love that. So, okay, in that hypothetical situation, both parties are agreeing to pegging. What about like if one of them isn't into it so much? Like how do you turn them down gently and how do you like take rejection gently and not so, you know, awkward? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such a good question because I think it's it's so hard when we're rejected because it's so vulnerable to like share your fantasy and put yourself out there and you might already bring shame into it. So you might already be like, oh my God, my partner's going to think I'm so fucked up because like, you know, I want to do this thing. And and it's important to kind of recognize that like rejection is uh, just another form of communication. And so this person is giving you the information to help you reset your expectations 
questions about what's going to happen here. And, and you can feel hurt, you can feel disappointed. But I think what like a lot of people are often worried about when they reject their partner is that the partner is going to get mad. And so anger is scary for a lot of people. And so you can you can be upset, you can be disappointed, but you can't really direct that anger at your partner for just like, admitting to a boundary, right? Like, this is not my thing. And I think if you're the person doing the rejecting, it's so important to not, you know, really shame someone or even be like, oh, pegging, you know, and like make a face. Like, I think thanking them for telling you about their desires and how excited you are to like hear their fantasies um, and that this isn't something that you know a lot about or that you feel comfortable with. It doesn't really turn you on, but you can open up the conversation to either talk about other things that turn you on because now you're having this communication or you can also talk about ways that, for example, if it was about power, if this person wanted to feel dominated through their anus, through pegging, then you can talk about, well, what are other ways you might feel submissive? Like, can we do something else that you feel submissive? If it was about anal sex, but you don't want to strap it on, well, then can I, you know, you know, play with your butt with my fingers? Can I put a dildo in you? Like, can we make it a night that's just about you? And if it's, if it's about like, you know, I'm just not this like makes me feel unsafe. This makes me feel triggered. That's you don't have to negotiate that. You can just be like, I'm not into this. But if it's like, I'm not really turned on by it, but I like seeing you turned on, then you have an opportunity to like create something there. As an alternative to pegging would like fraudage to penis be something like dildo. So fraudage is like rubbing uh, like dildo to penis. Is that a good alternative to pegging if you're not super into penetration? Yeah, that's a really good idea. Like penetrating another area, right? And so being inside of like someone's like foreskin. Um, you can also try pegging where you're just using like, like you're all missing like, like your face. Like, face. Just, like, I'm so sorry. Out. You're I'm out. so sex deprived. So talking about butt stuff is making me go crazy. I know. Welcome to my life. Uh, my love language is physical touch. So I am very, very deprived of my love language right now. So I know. I'm like, I, oh, gosh. I, I need a puppy. Like, I need something. I got no, like, no yeah. love. No love. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like SpongeBob in that episode where he goes into the the tree dome. He's like, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. I need it. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. Isn't Patrick sexy? I feel like Patrick's yeah, really sexy. That deep voice. So yeah, and he's beefy and dumb. When he, like, go, I, when I he goes like. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've jacked off to him saying, oh, I'm pinhead. Like, <laughs> no, this is Patrick. Uh, that deep voice can just make me rumble. I feel you just put it out there into the universe to like get you a Patrick. Truly, like if anyone has a Patrick impression, please send me an MP3 file. I will put it on my bass amplifier and it'll get me through quarantine at least another three months. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we've done rejection and in this situation, um, both agree both parties have agreed to having pegging or to do the pegging, to do the stuff, the crazy. <laughs> um, so how do you go about preparing? What's the first very, very first step that people should do to prepare for pegging? Mm, yeah. So I'm going to tell you the first recommended step and then I'll tell you what most people do. <laughs> so, mm. don'ts. Give us the do's and the don'ts. I think for your first pegging date, I think that the receiver, so the peggy, the peggy is going to make sure that they're clean. And so that, that clean, that anal hygiene, it can range. I mean, you can do an enema and just sort of like flush yourself out with like an enema syringe or an enema bulb that you can get at like what I call the butt aisle in like the drugstore where it's like you got all the diarrhea stuff and the constipation stuff um some people go a bit like crazier they want like shower attachments they want like douching kits i don't recommend you douche with anything other than warm water i think um solutions actually damage the uh delicate tissue of the anus so you want to protect that ass and so you just need to kind of flush out whatever particles of feces might have been there from your last bowel movement so as long as you've taken a bowel movement earlier in the day you should be pretty okay um obviously adding more fiber to your diet over time is great because you just won't have as many particles but for that night you know you're just going to 
like flush it out. You're going to make sure you're clean. You're going to put down a towel. And so it's important to have a towel and <laughs> you're just going to make sure you've got everything around you. You need lube. I feel like people think spit is cute. It's not lube. It's cute. Not lube. <laughs> spit on my like, face, not my butthole. Exactly. Keep the spit for the face. Hey. <laughs> like, yeah, tell me I'm a little whore and spit in my face and then you caress my butt. <laughs> I hope everyone's taking notes on please, what Tim wants. I know. Like, if we haven't told anyone yet, please take notes because, or you can just listen to this over and over again and, you know, listen to Luna's and my voice. Exactly. Exactly. Just like hyper focus on that part. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, and so then once like everybody's clean and ready, I think it's uh, there's um, prep for the giver too. So the giver needs to put on their equipment, get comfortable with it during the day, you know, like play around with it because there's nothing worse than you're ready to like strap it on for someone and you don't know how the buckles work. You don't know where like the tightness is. Um, so it's important to do that to also just kind of like feel yourself, right? Like get like build this connection to your equipment. Um, I suggest, so here's, here's where, where it might differ for some people. I suggest that the first pegging date that you put the expectation of penetration off the table, that this is going to be about like creating a sexual connection with your partner, wearing a strap on with you anticipating getting penetrated and being in that mindset of like taking it right. And really play with just the outside of the anus and maybe getting a finger inside of someone. And what I like to do, I, I often, I, I like pegging whether it's in a long-term relationship with someone I'm committed with or, or someone that I want to pick up for. Club. Stranger in the bathroom in the club. Always packing my strap on. Yeah, so. just pack it. <laughs> what you packing? <laughs> oh, she's strapped. I'm strapped. She's strapped. strapped. <laughs> just ready to go. Hit up the village and then you're just casually flaunting your strap on. Just like, who's ready? <laughs> just like whip them out of my just backpack and be like, yeah. You, you uh, brought up douching. Mm. What is like the best? I, or I guess my question is more like, how do we know when we're douched and clean and ready to go? Because it can't just be done after one rinse and be like, oh, okay, I'm ready to just have something up on my butt. Like, yeah. what's, what is the douche routine? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So you're going to take your your anal syringe, which has got a long, thin neck, and you're going to put some lube on it. And then you're going to squeeze some and make it suck up some warm water. And you want to flush a little bit at a time into your ass while sitting over the toilet. So then the water is flowing out and it's kind of just like, you know, kind of flushing whatever particles are left. And so when that water runs like mainly clear, usually for most people, it's probably like four or five kind of bulbs in there. If you overdo it, you're going to kind of trigger like diarrhea. So if you squeeze too much water into your ass, it's going to go past what when we're flushing out just the rectum and it's going to go into the colon where you're actually disturbing like the next bowel movement. So you just want to make sure that that your expectations aren't too high. I mean, it is an anus, so there might be shit. And if you're having anal sex, I think the thing that I love to tell my bottoms is I'll just be like, babe, you just enjoy yourself. I'll tell you if you need to freshen up. And so then they can let go of like, oh my God, am I shitting on her dick? Am I like doing this? Like, so being a really reassuring top is so important for bottoms to like relax. If there are gay guys listening to this, please, please rewind those last few seconds <laughs> and listen again. Be a reassuring top. Luna, I can't tell you how many tops I've been with that are like so rude and just like, yeah. like, excuse me, you you just called me an Uber. I wanted to fucking cuddle like, yeah. no, this isn't going to happen again. I know I was the best lay of your life because clearly I'm, I'm so good, but you're not yeah. going to get this again. Ugh, Never. Gross. Never. You're Never. So, you put your crown on and then you walk away. Yeah, they're so rude and just like, excuse me, I Beyonce myself out. <laughs> Strut. Put on my wig, put on my heels and then just like to the left, to the left. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so oh, you also mentioned lube. Um, what's like the best type of lube to use? Like water, silicone, flavor. There, there's so many types of lube. Like how do, how do we go about picking the right one? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that you asked that question because lube is my love language. I'm like, I feel like you need lube. And I'm always talking to people who think like have this stigma around lube. And and it's so important to know that lube just makes the texture better. It just makes whatever you're doing vaginal or anal penetration. It just makes the texture better. Hand jobs makes it better. You know, and when we're thinking about lube for the anus specifically, because it's not self-lubricating, the vagina is self-lubricating, but the anus isn't. So we want to make sure we've got a thick, long lasting lube. Now, people like things like coconut oil or they might use uh, baby oil or Vaseline or things like that. Uh, Vaseline and baby oil are petroleum derivatives. So we don't want to put those in our body like they're they're not really I don't know why they call it baby oil. but It's not good for you. So oil also breaks down latex. So if you're using condoms for for protection, I mean, in the case of pegging, it's not so important. But if you are using um, latex barriers for whatever reason, like oil makes them not as effective. And then you come up to like water-based lube. Now, water-based lube, a lot of people have experienced kind of that tacky, sticky, jelly kind of stuff that we get for internal exams or like ultrasounds or things like that. Um, But water-based lube actually is really good. Like if you buy ones that are like body-safe materials or ingredients, so they don't contain things like glycerin or glycol, um, they're going to be more likely to last longer in the body too. Now, the longest lasting lube is silicone because it kind of creates like a velvety texture, like right on top of the anal tissue and it's I think it's awesome for anal like it's what I use for anal sex but a lot of people don't like it because it lasts so long so it's sort of like hard to get off your sheets or this thing but if you put down a towel like you're good to go um silicone lube isn't compatible with silicone sex toys so if your dick is a silicone dick then you want to make sure you put a condom on it and then put lube on it which just makes it easier for like butt That's so weird because you would think silicone and silicone, two of the same materials would go well together. Why do they break each other down? I don't know. I don't know. There's some interaction with them and it's like over time. And so you won't really know like when it's it's like actually de- degrading the toy to make it porous. And then when toys are porous, the, you can never clean them like the bacteria just gets like stuck in them. So if you have like a jelly dildo or something, throw it out, treat yourself. <laughs> if Neil deGrasse up. Tyson is listening to this podcast about <laughs> anal sex, please explain to us why this happens. We really want to know. Yeah, <laughs> For any please. scientists out there, Bill Nye. If you're listening on how to get pegged, you know, Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson are listening to this. They're freaks. They're lucky freaks. (laughs) Um, You also mentioned dieting. Like, what are good foods to have and to avoid before pegging? Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, for example, I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't have any lactose. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'll I'll still eat a pizza like it's my next rim job. Swear to God. horrible and then I hate myself but yeah so I mean like lactose is gonna make me fart during sex so I'm not gonna have that um if it's been a taco bell kind of day it's not the day for pegging <laughs> like you so whatever your trigger foods are whatever makes you have a loose stool most people kind of know what affects their body in that way um you also don't want to go into pegging like super constipated so if you are like pizza constipates me like no nobody's business and so I wouldn't want to have that that kind of feeling of fullness already in that area when we're going to be trying to penetrate it. So, I mean, high fiber stuff is great. Or if you're adding like psyllium fiber to your diet, making sure you're hydrated. And I would just not eat about three or four hours before pegging. So you don't have to starve the whole day. But like once you start eating, your body also starts putting that metabolism in motion and starts kind of you might also, depending on what your metabolism is like, start to feel like your bowels are already um, starting to move by the time you get to pegging. Mm. Um, how like how much far in advance should we start planning our diet? Yeah, yeah. I think on average, um, it's hard. I see a lot of stuff about like, especially on TikTok, people are like, oh, yeah, like eat this brand muffin in the day. But, you know, like your body takes time to like adjust. <laughs> no, no. So I would say, you know, you should have more fiber in your diet, like overall. I'm guessing most people should. But um, if you want to see cholesterol, hey, <laughs> guilty as charged. <laughs> but yeah, you want to start. I mean, you. You can be mindful of your food like three to four hours before but for the fiber stuff you probably want to start doing that like on a, a regular basis so i'd say you wouldn't have any impact of that uh, maybe like a week before okay sounds good so yeah. that's for the bottom let's get to the top the pegger yeah what's the 
like the first step or like at least the purchasing process of the dildo and the strap on? What are some things yes. to think about? What are we looking for? Yes. So most of us, our eyes are bigger than our buttholes. And so you want to go I'm, big. I'm, you want <laughs> I know. I, my that, you're an bigger. exception. <laughs> yeah, you're the, I already know you're the exception. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> this is like, you know, yours. Like, yeah, yeah. I can fit an entire arm up in there, no problem. I'm like a Jim Henson yeah. puppet. I can be on Sesame Street. <laughs> you should add all these skills to your LinkedIn. Oh my God. Yes, I'd be so much more hireable. <laughs> Just like, it can be an ass puppet. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> rainbow connection. Yeah. Okay. No. No. We're not so, stating no. much. No. I don't, I don't know where we went. Where are we? <laughs> okay. uh, butthole. Oh, equipment. Equipment. Okay. Yeah. Asking about strap-ons and and dildos. Uh, you know, what's the, like what's the top doing and what are they looking for? How are they practicing? Yes. So you want to get a dildo that um, pretty much if your partner can't take like two fingers in their anus, then you're not looking for a dildo that's much bigger than two fingers. And so you want it might look smaller. It might not look like the big cock that you want to like put in his butt or something. But I mean, we want to start off so that we're training the anus to take like bigger penetration. And you want to look for something that's smooth. It doesn't necessarily need to have bumps or curves or anything because the anus is for his. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can get there later but like you know in the beginners we want smooth um you have to make sure that it has a, a flared base and a base that's harness adaptable so that it's not just like uh like it has to have something to anchor to to the strap-on and then the that's the dildo part and then the the strap-on part uh so you've got like underwear harnesses you've got pelvic uh harnesses that are two style either like a jock style or a g-strap style um or like kind of like a thong style i recommend if you're new it's important that you use a harness that like is pretty tight to your body because you don't have as much control um, holding on to the dildo if your dildo is kind of flopping around because your harness isn't tight enough against your body. So I think um, the panty harnesses are cute, but they're not very uh, sturdy. So you would have to hold on to the dildo at the base while you're trying to guide it into someone. Um, the, the most secure ones are going to be the jock style strappy kind of harnesses because you've got multiple points on the body where you can adjust the buckles to fit like your body. Uh, do different strap-ons serve different purposes or is it all just one like anchor for the dildo yeah it's a good question like they're they're mostly all one anchor for the dildo but they do all have like different benefits so for example i really like a thigh harness because you actually get more power from a thigh harness because like a pelvic harness like my body isn't used to thrusting in this way so i get tired really quickly and then also if your partner so i have a tummy if your partner has a big voluminous butt you know sometimes it can be hard to match up your bodies from pelvis to asshole and so a thigh harness kind of gives you more mobility to be able to like have more supportive positions for you or your partner. Um, the thigh harness is also good because like someone can sit on it and then you've got all this like contact and like you can touch their skin and you can just kind of bounce them on your lap, which is great. Or your leg. Yeah. <laughs> the viewers can't see this, but I'm just like slack jawed. <laughs> I don't know anything about pegging. Like this is all new and so interesting to me. Like this goes to show that sex educators can't know everything. True. I don't know everything. I don't know yeah. everything, but we're always learning something. I love this. So Okay, we've got the towel, we've got the douching, the diet, the strap on, we're ready, it's the night of, how do we start? What's the first move that we're going to do while we're in bed? Yes, yes. So you're going to get your partner so turned on. So if they like oral, if they like dirty talk, if they like being spanked, whatever, like get the Peggy super aroused because we want their body relaxed because they're going to be thinking about their butthole. They're going to be like focused on the butthole and that's just going to be bringing tension to that asshole. So and then the next thing you're going to do is you want to warm up the asshole. So maybe you're going to rim it. Maybe you're going to put a vibrator against it. Maybe you're going to, you know, move your hands around it or like, yeah, like massage it or squeeze it or like put your face in it, whatever you need to do. And, and then you're going to try penetration with like a finger and just see where they're at. And what I actually like to do is put my finger a little bit inside of them and then tell them to like back it up. Yeah. 
Like they control the penetration. So not dildo right away is like you kind of ring the doorbell on their butthole first and be like, ding dong, yes. ready for, are you ready? Yes. Let's go. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You never fully go straight in. And also like, I don't like when an acrylic goes in there. Ooh. Oh God, oh God. No, no. Your nails need to be cut or trimmed or you're wearing gloves and making sure that your nails are not, like my nails are too long right now for fingering. We <laughs> found out this really cool technique. If you don't want to ruin your manicure and you have like long nails, you can put like cotton balls at the end of a glove and then you can wear that glove. Is that so like, smart. does that yeah, work? That oh my works. God. Okay, cool. Yeah. I love that because that's never happened to me yet. Like I... I really wish I could like get fingered by a drag queen at some point, but you know, who yeah, knows when that's going to happen. Manifesting, manifesting. <laughs> Talking we're doing. into the world, come on. <laughs> like if any drag queens from Toronto want to finger me at the back of Cruise and Tango, I am You're down. Ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in my head right now, I'm imagining like uh, a very X-ray version of what's going down during pegging. Um, what I mean by that is like, like the anatomy so like how would the pegger know if the peggy is or like how would the pegger know if they're hitting the right spot in the peggy Mm. This is where the peggy like really has to communicate, but the pegger has to encourage that communication. So the peggy, that's why I love it when you give the peggy um, the control over it. So either getting them to squat or like back it up so that they're controlling the penetration and they can cut because sometimes they don't know until they kind of move around and they see like what if it's their first time being penetrated, they may not have the communication to tell you. Um, so it's important to go like super slow and remember that even if they're backing it up or you're sliding it in, that you have to keep adding lube throughout penetration. I think people forget. They just put it in the beginning. Um, and then knowing like how deep to go, like for me, when I'm penetrating someone, I really rely on them. And so I use dirty talk and I'm like, oh, like, do you want it deeper in you? If you want it deeper, like show me how deep you want it. I can't hear you. If you want it deeper, you know, you need to like moan for it or beg for it or like, you know, whatever the vibe is. Um, and that gives me a sense of it. And I I think this idea of just like hard, fast thrusting, that's not like, that's not what this everyone wants. Like, it's not a it's race. Not a race. And it, you can't go from like zero to 10. Like, where are you going to go from there? Like, then I have nothing left, right? Like, what am I going to offer? Uh, so like you're also already, probably going to break their asshole. <laughs> like, you've already got past the point of no return. There's like no variety. Give me the roller coaster ride, sweetie. Like, <laughs> yes, there you go. There you go. So as a Peggy, how would I know if my pegger is hitting my prostate? Because like mm. for me, I feel like for me, if I were getting pegged, that would be the goal because, uh, you know, that's where all the prostatic fluid is building up. How would a brand new peggy know that the prostate is getting hit? Mm, good question. Yeah. So it depends. First, it depends on like um, you're going to get indirect stimulation to the prostate when you're pegging. But in, I mean, prostates are like they're kind of curved towards the front of the body. So um, your dildo would have to have like a specific curve on the end of it. And you'd have to be doing shallow thrusting to get like right at the prostate. Um, but some people do get this like like sense of um, prostatic kind of orgasm or like that build or that sensation. Some people describe it as just just like super intense and that it just kind of feels like everything is intensified. Um, other people describe it as like they feel like they might have the urge to pee because I mean the prostate's so close to like the nerve endings of like the bladder and like the urethra is where semen and ejaculate come out of. So all this stuff is all connected. Um, and then other people kind of feel like the the sensation of pleasure moves from um, having an erection to actually just like focusing on the sensations from the anus. So they might not be hard while they're being pegged. And um, the sensations might be too overwhelming, especially if their prostate starts to get involved. So if as someone that has a penis, I shouldn't be worried if my erection goes down while I'm getting pegged. Yeah, no. No, no. It just means I and I, I love I love that we're talking about this because I think so many people I've pegged with penises like they they feel like, oh, my God, like, you know, now and then, then they start freaking out and then their butt starts to get like tighter and like everything tightens up. And so it's important to to remember that, like, we've been told like the erection is like the sign of arousal and like a wet pussy is a sign of arousal. And these are just like one option of arousal. And so lots of people can have orgasms anally or 
or either the P spot or just analgasms, which means that the stimulation was starting in the anus, but you have an orgasm somewhere else from things like pegging. Other people just enjoy it because it makes them feel super sexy. And then maybe they stop butt stuff and they go back to like penis oriented stuff. So no, you absolutely don't have to worry. And you don't have to make orgasm the goal either. Like and just no. be for fun and just like, let's pretend we're, I don't know our favorite cartoon characters what, yeah. what's a good one uh peter and meg griffin there you go there you go <laughs> and you yeah. have that weird annoying laugh like <laughs> like because that's such a sexy sound obviously you just eroticized it for everybody <laughs> I mean, i'm sure that's hot for someone but oh my god if somebody not us, not us. if somebody says giggity in bed i'd be like oh, okay my yeah, I'd be like, it's time for you to go. Just pass me my vibrator yeah, while you're leaving. And then just like, okay, <laughs> leave the door closed on your way out. Don't let. <laughs> Where would like the prostate be located if you're starting with a finger? Because a lot of people wouldn't know that. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, if you're starting with the finger, the prostate's going to be towards like the belly button side of the body. So the anterior, the front of the body. And it's only about like one and a half inches or two inches, maybe in the body. Um, and it does, it's only about one to two inches. I think, I think it's like one inch in size and it's a gland. And so the, the purpose of it is that it produces a fluid that helps carry sperm out of the body for like reproduction, right? So it helps sperm stay healthy as it's traveling out of the body. And so it already has a function in orgasm. So it's already present every time somebody has an orgasm. And when you're looking for it, um, when you're inside of your own anus, if you're looking for it, or if your partner's inside of your anus, you're looking for an area that they sometimes describe it as like the size of a walnut, but you can't really feel like the, the, the kind of like it's not a circular thing you're just more feeling like a different a change in texture in the anus and so it moves from being kind of smooth muscle to like something that's like a bit firmer or you can just go to your urologist and be like hey doc i need you to just stick a finger in there (laughs) yes that too that's an option (laughs) Did, did you hear that prostate joke i love it so much it's like um uh this guy goes to his urologist and just to check if he has like prostate cancer so the doctor puts the finger in there and then uh he's like yeah it looks like cancer and then the patient goes are you sure i think i need a second opinion so what the doctor does he sticks two <laughs> fingers up in there <laughs> no i've never heard this but i love it, and, I'm it. <laughs> and that examination is called digital because it's, <laughs> it's digits <laughs> it's so stupid i love it i love it <laughs> um, so how do you like because I, I know that in some instances, like during anal sex, your butt can tighten up. What, what's causing that and how do we like avoid it or at least like mitigate it? Mm, yeah. Um, sometimes it's closing up because it's had enough. Like it's just done for the night and we kind of have to honor the asshole. Um, some people like to use things like anal desensitizers or poppers or things. Um, and it's not, I don't, I mean, you can use whatever you want to use, but I don't recommend them because our, our bodies are communicating to us through discomfort and pain. And we want to just honor that. You can take something bigger the next day. You know, it's not like live or die. So um, there's also this, um, sometimes our bodies kind of, like we we start to get hyper focused on the activity and so we start to think about what's happening or we focus in on a particular kind of discomfort and we're not really in our bodies anymore we've like come up into our heads and so um what that can cause is like people forget to breathe they start to tense other parts of their body so if you're in doggy style you're holding a lot of your weight up like in your body so make your partner comfortable like use pillows prop up their pelvis so that they can just relax and if you notice your partner is like forgotten to breathe or they're in their head you know just like like get their eye contact back and be like "Mm, like you know we can do this as long as you want like you look so good like you know what do you need can i do something for you and the tops have to remember that you're not just there for the asshole. Like they have a whole body, like put your hands on their thighs, like, you know, touch their tummies, like whatever they like, like, like get them into their body. The ass is a whole with a W. There you go. It's a whole experience. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You, you said a word there that a lot of people might not know. Poppers. Mm, mm, mm. So poppers, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, poppers are a chemical that are usually used as an inhalation stimulant. And so when you inhale them, you get like three or four seconds of like this feeling of kind of openness. So a lot of people um, want to use them for sex or particularly in like um, gay men communities where you're doing things like anal. And so that it helps them get the simulation of anal opening up. But what you're really doing is kind of tricking your body into something like it's not ready for. And so there are other ways. I mean, get better at seducing the anus, right? Like get partners who are better at seducing the butt. If they're just like poke, poke, thrust, they are not good. <laughs> like get your face in there, get your ass eaten, like get what you want. Really a deep dive. Deep dive, yes. <laughs> so here at the Sex Ed with Tim podcast, we love harm reduction. That is my favorite. What are some harm reduction tips you can suggest for pegging? Like whether it be... Uh, picking the right lube or diet, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely harm reduction. And one of the things that, that you want to make sure around any kind of anal play, but specifically pegging, because you don't have that biofeedback from like someone's penis to someone's anus. We're using dildo to anus. So um, we want to make sure that we're only going as fast as the peggy. So the peggy controls the speed, the depth, the length. That's like all their responsibility. And if someone is kind of sinking into this like more submissive, more bottom role, they might not be feeling like they should speak up, that they should, you know, say anything. They might have this idea that, okay, we said we're going to be doing pegging. So I have to take it. I got to just like, and so often I'll say to someone, you know, I'm like, are you okay? Like you, you look like you're not doing so good. And they'll be like, yeah, I'm okay. It's fine. I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. So also over tops, like if you think they're not comfortable, if you're not getting the communication you need then you can also pull back and just call a pause and like check in and for bottoms i think like noticing that any kind of burning sensation it means your tissue is getting tired so you might need to add more lube to um, your butt. You might need to take a break and do other sexy things you like, like oral sex or whatever, to get that kind of um, blood flow and arousal and lubrication like back in that area. So I think making sure that you're doing your best to avoid pain turning into injury is a really good kind of rule of thumb. And last but not least, cleaning our equipment. What's the best methods for that? What's best practice for that? Yeah. So um, most people are going to try and just kind of like do like soap and water and like, like get her done. Um, if you can put things in the dishwasher, I mean, I, I recommend washing them with like soap and water first and then throwing them in the dishwasher because you're getting like a super clean um, at like a really high temperature. So you can put things that don't have motors inside of them in the dishwasher. Um, if you are uh, someone who's like, no, I just want to like wash it out. I just want to clean it. There are toy cleaners that, that you can buy. So everything that you do, you're going to be starting with like hot soap and water and just like washing off like any visible particles. The easiest thing I think is putting a condom on your dildo. Like I'm so lazy to like clean shit. So I mean, that like helps, you know, also for some toys, any of the softer silicone toys, even if you clean them, they kind of retain like a butt stink. And so like the, the butt stink is really hard to get rid of. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, know. <laughs> love, I love butts and I love my butt, but but the stench. Ooh. Yeah, it's not. It's light not some hot. candles, light some incense. Yes, <laughs> put yes. balls around if you need. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Breeze. Oh my god! Breeze, yeah. <laughs> oh geez, I, I'm like having flashbacks of really dirty That's instances me. of butt stink. <laughs> Uh, this was this was the before times <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before yeah. the pandy oh i don't even gosh. remember what that thing smells like no, yeah no, like what is <laughs> i feel like my virginity has come back and i need to like rip it open <laughs> yeah yeah some like catholic schoolgirl thing and like <laughs> in the name of the father <laughs> your knee socks aren't pulled up Ooh. pull them up Ooh. i gotta bend over father 
<laughs> I would love to just have like a an anal like Catholic role play type of thing. Oh my where god! I'm like yes. a student. I feel like yes. I have some friends out there that still have like Catholic kilts or something. I would love that. I will give you mine. I Please will give you mine. send it to me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god, Luna! This has been so informative. This has been amazing and eye opening and butt opening. Um, where can people find you? What do you have to plug? Yeah. <laughs> so I have to plug the plug. Yep, so I, 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 I've got an anal sex podcast where we're talking about all these issues. And actually, we have a whole issue about prostates. Um, so you can find the plug on iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud. And me, I'm going to be your host on there. And then you can find uh, my webinars at lunamitatis.com. I've got like 30 different webinars that are on demand. You can just watch whatever from Dirty Talk to Kink to Threesomes to Bud Sub, whatever you're interested in. <laughs> I love that. Luna, thank you so much for coming on. I hope we can speak again more on butt play and just everything about the ass because I love talking about this ma- ass master class. Oh, yes. Thank you so much, Luna. And to all you listeners out there, thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin McLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GaySlutClown and at SexEdWithTim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Even better, you can also support the show on Patreon, where you can get early access to ad-free episodes and more. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah! Thank you.